Welcome to Housebroken, stories of romance, renovation, and regret. Episode 7. One of the top reasons for divorce is money. The making of it, the spending of it, you know, the control of it, as in who has the checkbook. When Mark and I got married, it, it, it was such a whirlwind. Well, actually, it was more of a Category 5 hurricane than whirlwind. We really didn't have time to sit down and figure out like where we stood as far as like finances go and who was going to handle the money and all this stuff. And the day that we decided to discuss it, I had such a big headache. I didn't even I didn't even want to think about adding and subtracting and paying bills. And I said, I said, just you do it. okay? if he was going to handle the money, well, it would just make sense that he should also take control of the checkbook. Because if you have two people writing checks, then you run the risk of your checkbook never balancing and checks bouncing. And I I concurred. I concurred. And for the most part, it was okay. The bills got paid. And, uh, but then one day, uh, we went to a rummage sale and, uh, things got a little heated. I mean, besides the big ticket items like doors and windows, the house needed her accessories, you know, doorknobs, hinges, light fixtures, that kind of thing. And yeah, we saw some in like antique shops, but way out of our price range. So we went to rummage sales and flea markets. We voluntarily walked into strangers' homes that smelled of cinnamon potpourri. Like, I, I always thought, what, what are these people trying to cover up? And we would root through boxes that people had on their garage floors or in their basement marked like old junk, hoping to find like an East Lake doorknob or or maybe a ceiling fixture that just needed to be rewired. I felt self-conscious rummaging through other people's stuff, passing judgment on their bad taste. So I would, I would buy a bud vase, not because I was in the market for a bud vase, but because the woman was right there with the cigar box of money, and she was hooked up to an oxygen machine. So we went to a rummage sale, and there wasn't really anything that we could use for the house, but there was, in the back, this four-foot-tall, wood-carved angel, like it had come off of a church, like an altar someplace. I mean, it was, oh my God, it was old. It was so cool. It had a wingspan, maybe of five feet, and I had to have it. Oh, but it's like a hundred dollars. Mark's never gonna go for this. I have to approach this just right. I don't want to blow my chances. So I went up to Mark and I was like, um, do you see that angel over there? And he's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Okay, good. He agrees. It's cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think it came from a church. 
And I guess I was just talking to the guy and he said it was like maybe from the 1880s. Oh, maybe I could appeal to Mark's inner Catholicness. I mean, Mark had, Mark went to Catholic grade school. He went to Catholic everything. I mean, high school. He went to Marquette University. And he he experienced like the Ingrid Bergman in Bells of St. Mary's Nuns while I had, you know, the school sisters of the SS. The angel held a light as kind of, you know, like the Statue of Liberty kind of a light. And I could picture her right on top of the buffet welcoming our huddled masses of relatives into the house. So I dragged Mark over for a closer look. I said, look, this is like gold leaf on these wings. Look at, look at this. This is all hand carved, I said. Uh-huh, he said. He had been rummaging through a stack of tourist plates. You know, those kitschy plates you get when you go to Mount Rushmore that nobody knows what to do with because obviously that's why they're in a large stack at a rummage sale for like a nickel a piece. He had amassed quite a collection up to this point. I don't know what he planned on doing with them. He just, I don't know, had to have them. And there it is. He had to have them. In Mark's brain, things were categorized as either a need or a want. Needs were things like, oh, you know, paying the mortgage, the car payment, the student loans, utilities, buying groceries. You know, things for the house were in need. It needed tuck pointing. It needed a new roof. It needed wiring, plumbing, uh, foundation work, not to mention uh, tubes of caulk, paint, uh, wood filler, sandpaper, buckets of joint compound, lumber. You know, it was like, sometimes I felt like the house's needs were getting put before mine. Like, okay, I wanted to get a new pair of blue jeans. I saw a pair on sale, and I had to ask Mark for the money. I said, hey, can I have 25 bucks? And he's like, what for? I said, well, I need a new pair of blue jeans. He says, do you? Do you really need them? Technically, no. I mean, my other pair was serviceable, perfectly fine. It fit. There were no holes. But I don't know. Was I asking too much to have two pairs of blue jeans? Yeah, apparently I was. Because he would do this thing. He'd be like, well, yeah, I could. You could get a new pair of blue jeans, but then we won't be able to buy any parts for the staircase. Yeah, the staircase. The staircase that we thought was just walled up in the paneling, that when we ripped the paneling off, we had discovered that whoever took the railing and the newel posts and the balusters out, they just, they just went with a circular saw and cut, cut the tread of the staircase and threw everything out. Or I don't know what they did with it, but it wasn't there. So we had to buy all new newel posts, balusters, railings, etc., etc. And now, here I was, face-to-face with this angel. Did I, did I want it? Yeah. Did I need it? Yeah. Mark was kind of making his way out of the garage. 
to the driveway, to the car. Oh my God, he's getting away. I, I uh, ran up beside him. I'm like, um, I really, oh. Don't say want, don't say want. Ah, uh, I really want that angel, I said. No, what did you just do? You just ruined your chances. You should, oh, no. And then Mark's like, well, yeah, I mean, it is cool, but come on. It's like a hundred bucks. We don't have a hundred dollars. I mean, we got to buy groceries. I got to pay some bills. You know, we're not going to have that much left over. There was another couple our age, kind of, they were kind of sniffing around my angel. No, she can't go home with them. She can't. No. You know, maybe I can negotiate with the guy. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll take, I don't know, like, what do you think? 90? And Mark's like, Mel, you don't get it. Once I pay the bills, we have like maybe $2 left until payday. I I felt like I was being Lucy Ricardo'd, you know. Ricky, can I have some money? No, Lucy. I'm going to the club. Okay, yeah, I want the angel. I don't know how do women do it. How do women get what they want? I mean... I don't want to stand here on this person's driveway and, like, start crying. I mean, I, I don't know. I, feminine wiles? I don't even know what feminine wiles are. I wouldn't, if I had them, I wouldn't even know how to use them. It's not my birthday. It's not even close to our anniversary. Damn it. If only Mark had done something bad. Or, you know, because then I could use this for some kind of a payback and then... You know, it would have righted a wrong, but he, he doesn't do anything wrong. He's, he's, he comes home, he works on the house, he doesn't flirt with other women, he's, I mean, he doesn't even lie. Um, he's kind of boring. And he had in his hand a tourist plate. And I asked him, I said, so what's that? Is that a need or a want? And he kind of just, kind of looked at me. So, in other words, you get to have your wants, but I don't? And he's like, well, Mel, it's like a quarter. And then he's like, look, I'm not trying to be mean. And I said, yeah, well, you are. You are being mean. And he's like, no, I'm being practical. And I felt so powerless. I had no leverage. And then I I thought, well, I kind of made my own bed. I mean, I didn't, I'm letting him take control of the money. And and isn't this sort of like my own fault? And I said, I said, okay, look, you know, it kind of makes me feel a little bit weird when I have to come and ask you for money. And he gave me this like, look like what? And I said, yeah, I mean, it's like, like you're the daddy and I'm the kid and I have to ask for money. And then when I do ask for money, I feel like I have to put forth some sort of proposal, you know, with quotes attached, three reasons why, you know, studies. 
And in a way, I felt like I was being pulled in two different directions because I guess I was a little bit of the Ozzy and Harriet generation. And then I had another part of me was the I am woman, hear me roar. You know, I bring home the bacon part of the equation. So I just, I was straddling both worlds. I mean, I wanted money, but I didn't want to have to have the responsibility of money. I just wanted to be able to spend money without feeling guilty, without feeling like I was taking something away from the house or, you know, I was taking something away from us that we couldn't pay a bill. Oh, God, this sucks. And I kept thinking about my girlfriends at work, the single women who controlled their own money, who, if they saw a pair of Doc Martens, and they wanted them. They bought them. So what if they had to eat popcorn for the next two weeks or peanut butter sandwiches? They didn't care. Oh, I wanted to be like them. Like maybe I wanted to be single. Did I? I mean, at this point, we hadn't even been married a year. Yeah, people would just chalk it up. They'd say, oh, it was a mistake. I knew it wouldn't last from the get-go. I'm sure Mark would have it annulled, you know, because he's so Catholic. I didn't really want to get divorced. I mean, let's face it. I don't think we could even afford to get divorced. We got in the car. Mark put his tourist plate on the floor in the front seat. He had to put the top down because, not because it was warm and sunny, but because the wingspan of the angel wouldn't fit inside. We buckled her in for safety. I turned to Mark and I said, Oh, I will never ask you for another thing ever, 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 as long as I live. Yeah. Mm-hmm, he said. Well, somebody's got to be the liar in this relationship. It might as well be me. about me or the house or the podcast, you can go to my website, www.melcmiskimmon.com. That's M-E-L-C-M-I-S-K-I-M-E-N.com. And you can subscribe, which would be great. You can even look at pictures and you will realize this is all so painfully true. <laughs>